0: You are Locked On Lakers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined, as always, by Harrison Fagan, who absolutely, definitely scored his first NBA bucket today. Way to go,
0: bud. Oh, man, like, this, I thought it was going to be cool having another guy with, like, a freakishly long neck on the team just so I would get made fun of less, but it's actually completely backfired. So. This is my nightmare. Know, this is like the worst thing to ever happen. Like, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sure Steven Zimmerman's like a nice guy, but like at this point, you know, like I don't really need him to make the Lakers roster because <laughs> I I can't deal with this all year.
1: You look solid. Like it was it was it, you played pretty good minutes out there. Man, had- I,
0: as if it's not enough that people call me a giraffe every single day, <laughs> now now like every single time this guy plays, people are gonna at me.
1: Yeah. I mean. You I miss draw. Sasha Bujicic. You, you, because <laughs> he was at least like a good looking version of you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I look like a malnourished Sasha Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: Unbelievable. All right. As always, you can find the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, today's fast break, Alexa, and Spotify. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the game, which you can't really glean much from because the Lakers are missing three starters. Uh, Lonzo Ball did not play, Brandon Ingram did not play, and Brooke Lopez is still yet to play. Though no reason for concern on any of those
0: guys seems So like basically, basically nobody meaningful for the Lakers played tonight, other than Kuzma.
1: Kuzma, and I guess kind of sort of Randall, right? Depending yeah. on how you feel about it.
0: Man, people hate Randall. Like I, I actually like I got a lot of fat of flack for like tweeting that I thought he's like looked good pretty good this preseason, like overall.
1: I think a lot of it with Randall, is he has the widest variance between his good moments and his good grief moments.
0: And I think people just want to give up on him because they've already moved on to Kuzma. So, like in his heart, there in their hearts, Randall is already gone. Yeah, it,
1: it's but, it's it's the it's the the fallacy of what's new, basically. Yeah. So uh, we can. I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Randall. He has improved since he came into the league. He improved despite breaking his leg and having that terrible coach that he had.
0: Yeah, he went. he's actually shown growth every single year. He, year one, he broke his leg in the first game. Year two, he managed to avoid that. Year three, he was a little better than year two. And this year, he looks like he might be a little better.
1: You can't say the same about Larry Nance Jr. And it, it, it appears it appears of guys who could get squeezed out of the rotation. It's looking like it could be Larry Nance Jr., he hasn't looked good at all i mean he he shot the ball tonight and made it yeah yeah and i think he i i kind of one of the thoughts across my, i get you know me i get really random thoughts across my mind but he caught the ball on oh, the do you? yeah he caught the ball on the perimeter at one point and i kind of wondered to myself like does he laugh when he catches the ball on the perimeter and people think he might shoot Probably not.
0: I, I don't think you have time really to laugh. But yeah. I don't. Your point is taken. He kind of like chuckles at himself, like How these losers thought I was gonna. <laughs> these shoot. suckers. And then he like just dunks on Brooke Lopez at the rim. Despite Brook, like having... I'm on your team now, Larry. Yeah. Why? Why? Why did you grab me?
1: Spectrum's all stoked because they have another another uh, segment that those two
0: can joke about that again. Although I guess Larry can't dunk on him until he's back in the lineup, which he hasn't been so far. But I thought like. I mean, yeah, like Randall, we can get back to that really quick. I, I, I think Randall, it's basically what I said. Like, I think people are just like, Kuzma's exciting, Nance is more likable, and people are just, like, ready to move on, like, in their hearts. And, like, Randall is more frustrating than either of them when he's not good. When he doesn't look good, he's definitely more frustrating to watch than when Nance isn't good.
1: Yeah, and Randall is kind of like... If you go to the ice cream store and you get a topping that you haven't had before, there's a chance it can be really good, uh, but there's also a chance that you ask yourself like Why did I? Why did I do this to my ice cream?" Whereas, like Larry Nance Junior. is just straight vanilla
0: ice cream. Yeah, it's like like low upside but low downside. Exactly. So, so I, that was. I, I, should we just ignore like the the comparison that you basically just made? I, I yeah, we should probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought aside from Randall and everything and like I want to get into Kuzma a little bit too. But I, I thought that the biggest takeaway from tonight as I was as I sat down to watch and as the game was kind of getting out of hand pretty quickly was first of all that they've been talking a big game in training camp as, as teams are wont to do about we want to play the same way no matter who's on the floor. We just want to establish principles and Laker way and, and we want to play fast even when it's not Lonzo. Turns out that doesn't work when it's not Lonzo mm-hmm. and uh they looked noticeably slower tonight. I don't have like the pace numbers, but they looked slower and when they did try to go fast, it turns out it's not as effective without one of the best outlet throwing passers in like already kind of like NBA history, I feel like. I feel like that's not a stretch to predict that Lonzo will already be that. <laughs> you are you become LeVar. <laughs> is it really that much? Like, not that he's there yet, but like that he's going to get there. I feel like if he just like, even if he didn't grow at all, I feel like if he played ten years, he'd be like considered one of the best outlet passers ever.
1: I guess, sure. That's it's kind of like a a random thing to hold one's hat on, but yeah, I guess.
0: Kevin Love made a career out of it. Like Wes Unseld is
1: the guy most people point to. Kevin Love is another one. Suck it, Wes Unseld. It's Lonzo now. <laughs> um, I, I now I need to. Somebody needs to do like that that cigarette meme where Lonzo's sitting there's like West Ansel, West Johnson, Worldwide West. I don't give a crap. I'm the best outlaw passer ever.
0: Yeah, pretty much there you go. Mhm. Yeah. And so like I don't know, it just to me like it's amazing that as a rookie, he hasn't even played a regular season yet, a game yet. Like he's their offense. When he's not on the floor, they look like they do not look good. Like Kuzma had his moments like a a little guys had their like individual moments. But damn, they just without him out there, just the pace is just killed and they just look like lost and bad. And maybe some of it was that Ingram wasn't out there to shoot either. And so, like, I think KCP was a little overtaxed. Like you had stuff like that where guys were just getting thrust into roles that they should not be in. But and Brooke Lopez is also out, which is important to note. I think he's going to be a huge component to the Lakers this year, and I actually wrote about that a little bit for Lakers Nation, which you guys can check out uh, yesterday. But I, I just he's going to solve a lot of their problems too when he comes back. That's not a nothing absence, but Ball, like they're going to go as Ball goes this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think a huge part of it is that. As as good as Lonzo Ball is at outletting the pass and forcing the pace and just just playing fast, as good as he is at that, I think just as important are his teammates who trust him to play that way. Whereas like I don't think they trust Tyler Ennis to get them the ball all the time. I don't think they trust Briante Weber. I don't think even if the ball is in... Brennan Ingram's I don't hands. know if Briante
0: Weber trusts Bri- Briante Weber. That's
1: <laughs> probably true. He's he's kind of tentative. And then, you know, if, if Julius Randle... Sure, Randle can push the pace, but I wouldn't trust him to give the ball up in transition, right? He's He's much more likely probably to to crash into well, somebody and pick up an offensive foul if i'm not
0: if i'm he's if less I'm, likely to pass them ball but he has improved as a passer
1: a little bit i, I he's still tunnel tunnel vision so
0: like he's really good. i thought his defense was also better tonight i mean we're we're going off on a tangent he's, he's active
1: he's he's a lot more active i the whole uh, the the pro- my problem with judging the La- the lakers de- defense right now is that they can be more active but it's active to a fault it's over helping it's rotating off of shooters it's you know randall was doing a good job of contesting guys at the rim but nobody was helping the helper there and it and it you know was kind of all for naught so good for him for helping the or for, for going up and contesting people at the rim uh, but the, the next guy has to be ready to and then the other thing too is the
0: way he contests sometimes is kind of wild Where he he is going to start to pick up fouls against better players. Yes. So they're going to, they're going to sniff that out on tape real quick. Yes. So uh,
1: what I was saying though, is I, I, to get back to the point about Julius Randle's passing, I think he's him. He's improved a little bit in terms of seeing the guy who's directly in front of him. But if you're in his peripherals, there's there, it's probably still a pretty slim chance that he's going to see you while he's pushing the ball up as, as quickly as he does. And, and Or that well, he's gonna give it up. Yeah, well and, and the other thing too is he I think is you know, just like last year uh Pete and I joked that Brandon Ingram had to learn to trust his body or get used to his body. His his, his Can room. we not go down this road again? I'm doing it, <laughs> so, but like, it Julius Randle Brandon,
0: you're changing in ways that you won't always understand. But.
1: <laughs> you can jump off of one foot. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay, cool. But, but, but I, with with Julius Randle, I think he's quicker than he gives himself credit for, and he gets into full sprint. And it's really hard to be effective in the NBA at full sprint because you can't change direction. Your dribble is a little bit longer because you have to throw the ball out in front of you a little further, and it makes it harder to make quicker decisions. So I think what, what – needs to happen as this year goes along and julius randall gets you more used to his trimmer more streamlined body is his can, instagram body yeah he he can he can slow things down a little bit without necessarily losing anything compared to how he played last year if that makes sense
0: yes so. That was way far off from where I w- the intended we were going to talk about ball, but I guess yeah, I mean this is just us being natural and talking basketball. But yeah. I do want to like I agree with the stuff that you said, but I do want to circle back to mm-hmm. ball a little bit mm-hmm. and just talk like I don't know that I've seen a team that is going to be so reliant on a rookie that have well, right like on. I guess the Sixers last year with Embiid, but that's different mm-hmm. kind of. Well, Cleveland was like LeBron. they didn't play such a clearly different style when Embiid um, wasn't on the floor. I guess like the Lakers just can't play their brand of basketball when well, Alonso's not out there, at least not yet. Wasn't Embiid's usage rate like through the roof last year? Like yeah, that's it was like nine thousand percent or that's, something. That's that's part of the
1: question as they try to get Ben Stim, Ben excuse me, Simmons and Markel Foltz involved is how are they gonna utilize Embiid fully considering how effective he was with the usage rate that he had last year. But I I think for sure in terms of, I I think your point is a good one about overall playing style, like having to have somebody on the court to develop your identity as a team. I don't know if there have been very many rookies whose, whose collective identity across the team in terms of playing style is so dependent on a singular
0: player. And and like what you see – when even in the games where he plays and he's on the bench, you see ball movement more because he just – like he kind of greases the wheels a little bit. Guys are used to the ball flinging around, and so they keep it going and pinging. And tonight I just didn't see that with him out there. And maybe some of that was them just kind of laying down because they were missing their three best players, arguably. Well, other than Kuzma who like – I don't know if you can count Kuzma as a player. He's more of a god. Mm-hmm. But like – With a the, like. Yeah, they were missing Lopez, Ball, and Ingram. And even though Ingram hasn't been great, like, in terms of stature, he's probably, like, you know, the the th- that third guy. And for that, they were missing all those guys. And so that probably causes you even a little bit subconsciously to, like, let up maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the, just as far as their playing style goes, they just – it wasn't moving like it was before. And in terms of pace or in terms of ball movement in the half court and – it was just like it was jarring to watch how mm-hmm. just how different they looked, even in just like the two games in summer league that we've seen of ball and the effect that he has on the team when he's out there and how different they looked without him.
1: Yeah, I would I would say they started to look a little bit better with Caruso. I'm I'm still continuing to like the little things that I'm seeing from Caruso because he seems to really push the pace. Look, Ennis has looked OK this this preseason, but I, I keep coming back to the same thing that you're pointing out right now. In how jarring it is, the playing style difference. A lot of that falls on him because. Yeah, Tyler Ennis is
0: not Lonzo Ball. Fun fact.
1: No, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we we mock it as much as we want, but that extra dribble that a point guard takes is so huge in yeah. in semi yeah, in semi transition, and and Ennis consistently takes that extra dribble.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, there's all kinds of other – like, he just – he doesn't have the vision that Ball has. He's gotten better, and we've said positive things about him, but turns out that he looks a lot better as the backup than he does as the – you know, like, in a more primary role.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's wild that a career backup would look better as a backup.
0: Yeah, and – well, I mean, it is. It's just, like, I keep coming back to this, but it's just, like – I, I don't even want to criticize for the Lakers for putting too much on ball or like that's I feel like that would be like the cliche lame hot take to go with here and just be like oh they're like putting him in his position to fail because like they put him in Kobe's locker and because they're asking him to do a lot on offense like I don't want to like take that away because I think he kind of is warranted like it's warranted that they're giving him this, these keys but man if he misses time this year at all they're just not they're going to look I don't expect them to be a playoff team or anything, but they're going to look bad. I think. Well, and I don't know if I'm overreacting, but I I think that's kind of how it happens when a team loses a starter. Period. Right. Like
1: like the last year, last year's Lakers started out what ten a and ten. Well, well, okay. I guess Russell wasn't a a rookie last year, but the Lakers had injuries that. I mean, it's kind of hard to say that anything can derail a season that wound up with what twenty seven wins, whatever they wound up with last year. They but, would have had at least thirty-one. Well, I, right, <laughs> they they could have. You don't you don't know how much they could have picked up. You know how much
0: momentum they lost, right? In in losing yeah. that. So and so yeah, and so I I just I don't know. I I think I, I don't want to say that they're putting too much pressure on him again because I feel like it is warranted, but it, it's just like it, and even it's different to me than the Russell thing because. Russell like he wasn't the star during that run like he, he was just I think the final straw that broke that injury streaks back like they had had a couple other guys get banged up too and then it finally got to the point where the Frankenstein starting lineup that Luke Walton was throwing out there to keep that bench together couldn't tread water and <laughs> yeah. so I think that was more of it than in the specifically that it was Russell even as highly as I think of Russell um, and yeah I mean the, just the Lakers like they just really they have nothing behind ball Yes, I, I would completely agree. He and is... I don't know. I don't want to say yet that that's too much put to put on a rookie, but it, it, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it lo- how it goes throughout the season because, like, they're, they're going to, you know, they, they have to be careful with him if he does get banged up ever at all. And because he's a rookie and he's, like, kind of their franchise cornerstone now, but, like, if he has to miss time, that they're going to look really bad, and that's the type of thing that looks bad to free agents and all of that stuff.
1: The other thing on on that front that is a little concerning as well, uh, you know, just given potential for injury, is how much he likes to get in there and mix it up, mix it up for loose balls and rebounds. That's, that's just right. that's just more opportunity for him to get banged up a little bit. So we'll see we'll see how that goes. And I agree with everything that you said there. I would say that that's the top storyline heading into this year. I, I think that's that's pretty aside from the off court heading into next offseason stuff. I would say that's the top uh, storyline heading into next year, which kind of gets us to
0: these questions that we have in
1: the season preview.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So what we're, we're, we're going to do right now is a Locked On Lakers season preview. And for those of you listening to us for the first time, I, welcome, first of all. I am Harrison Fagan. Anthony Irwin is also on the line with me. And this is our Locked On NBA season preview and we're going to answer a couple questions for our boss David Locke for his Locked on NBA podcast.
1: Yep basically across the network all of the shows are answering these questions so let's start with number one two or three biggest storylines going into camp. It can be kind of an off-season review I don't think we necessarily need to go that route but the number one actual basketball topic is the one that we just talked about right is the one that Lonzo ball is the Lakers identity in terms of playing style. And asking a rookie to carry that kind of burden throughout the entire season, eighty two games where before this, in terms of organized ball, the most Lonzo has played has been what, thirty three games, I would imagine. How many I don't know how many games he played over there at UCLA. It, rookies tend to wear down a little bit and it's going to be interesting to see how the Lakers carry that burden once he goes down what would you say is your your second
0: storyline it's how do the Lakers draw free agents next summer I mean as much as we want to talk about and I wrote a column about this the Lakers are going to be fun this year and you can ignore free agency rumors if you're a Lakers fan but the big thing hanging over this franchise right now is whether or not they can get LeBron or Paul George or whoever it may be next summer I think that's the other that's one and then I think the third one that's kind of like a mini storyline that's popping up right now is is Kyle Kuzma the steal of the draft he's looked really really good so far in the preseason he continued to look pretty good tonight and he's looking like a real player like uh, for uh, especially for the 27th pick but he's looking like a lottery pick right now
1: so in in Summer league, he was showing things just in terms of just raw scoring, right? It was shooting off of the catch, it was getting out in transition and running with Lonzo Ball, and then here in the preseason, he's done a little bit more in isolation and getting by guys. Tonight, I was blown away by his footwork. I didn't know
0: he had that in him, and it's kind of and he imp- was drawing guys and passing out, yeah, at, at times like he he it was advanced stuff. Like he looks really good. He and and what I was gonna say is just like. Oh,
1: with rookies no he's not the typical rookie he's a little bit older he's already 22 but with rookies adding things to your game as your rookie season goes along is pretty freaking impressive so that's definitely something to, to keep an eye on and it might force the lakers into moving somebody they that front quarter is really crowded
0: and kyle kuzma needs minutes yeah, and he may end up playing well enough to force Randall or Nance out, either in a trade or Randall at the end of the season potentially. Although you would, you would think the Lakers would try and get an asset for him if they ultimately decided that it was Kuzma's spot going forward. Yeah. Number two, what needs to happen for the best
1: case scenario?
0: I think you should answer this one, and I should answer worst case. Okay. <laughs> All right. So,
1: best case scenario. Lonzo Ball plays 82 games. They get up and down the court like crazy. Brooke Lopez shows everybody how good a player he is, which I think a lot of people have kind of taken for granted, either because of injuries early in his career or because he played on terrible Brooklyn teams for the vast majority of his career. So that's going to be something that needs to happen. And again, Brandon Ingram needs to be what he was after the All-Star break last year. So far in these first couple preseason games, he did not play on... Tuesday night or Wednesday night. He did not play that night, but these two preseason games that he did play, he hasn't looked very good. If, he become, if he's more of what we saw in the first half of his season last year and not what we saw in the second half of his season next year, the Lakers are in serious trouble because he is
0: one of two major assets that they have moving forward at the top of the draft. Okay, so we got to start to pick up the pace here, but you got a little bit into my worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I think worst-case scenario is Lonzo is a big baller bust. He never figures out his shot. He ends up being kind of a worse version of Rajon Rondo. And uh, then I think Brandon Ingram turns out to just be a skinny teenager that tricked everybody into thinking he was good at basketball. And I th- Julius Randle never – Truly figures out like he has like one good game one night and then like one atrocious game the next night. Kyle Kuzma proves to be a mirage and he just wished for like seven games of, pre- of during preseason of effective NBA play to like ride to training camp invites for the rest of his career and got that wish from a genie. And I'm trying to think of like what else could go hilariously wrong. Luke like, Walton I don't know, might like, not be like that. The Lakers extend Brooke Lopez to an <laughs> eight year max deal followed by him immediately breaking his foot. And then uh, Luol, they also extend Luol dang to allow him to, like, just kind of help with the transition into, like, this next rebuild so that he can continue to mentor guys well into his 40s. Yep. All right, number four, player most
1: likely to be thought of differently at the end of the season. I don't think we can say Alonzo Ball here because I think people kind of know what he is going to be if he's going to be really good. But it has to be Kyle Kuzma, right? Or, yeah. I, or I guess Brooke Lopez for the reasons that I said earlier. But it has to be Kyle Kuzma. I think, I think
0: nationally it's going to, and this is for national fans, I think nationally it's going to be Kyle Kuzma. Because a lot of you right now are probably going, who Who are Laker fans like freaking out about right now? Kuzma? <laughs> and like, he's going to start to get recognized, I think, by the end of the year.
1: I would, I would probably say so. All right, number five, player whose career trajectory is most impacted this season, either good or bad. It's Brandon. definitely
0: Randall. Oh, well, Randall. I, I kind of, I kind of believe in Randall's talent. But it's Randall because if he plays well this season, the Lakers keep him. If the, he doesn't, then he ends up somewhere else, and who knows what happens at that point? We've seen restricted free agency is a female dog. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on David's podcast, so I'll <laughs> just. Restricted free agency is tough, and so, uh, you know, like it, it, that can affect players' careers, and he's gonna massively. Like, it, this year will have a massive impact on his financial fortunes going forward. I would I would agree, except for, I believe, like I said, in Julius
1: Randall's talent. I think no so matter where he winds up, I think he'll kind of find his way. I don't necessarily believe in Brandon Ingrams at this point. I think he's really young, and I think it's way too early to, to have any serious conclusions on the kid. But... But, but... but if he, like I said, he was not good the first half of the, like historically bad for a number two pick, and if he is that this season, he gets moved in like a salary dump, and and who knows?
0: Okay, all right, yeah, no, come on, man.
1: If you're telling me that if he if he for the entire first half is as bad as he was for the entire first half last season, that that doesn't impact his career
0: trajectory? Well, of course, but that's like that gets back to like worst case scenario stuff. I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I I'm just I I think he's somewhere in the middle between he was in
1: the first half of the season and the second half of the season, and it's just a matter of how far which way that winds up leaning. And I think that, especially for a franchise that moves as quickly as the Lakers do, it appears that's you know that that puts a lot of pressure on him. All right, next one. Number six, rookies who will have an impact and how much definitely that that's definitely
0: kid. Lonzo because he is the engine of the Lakers offense <laughs> and it's Kyle Kuzma or as our friend at basketball likes to call him, call Kuzma <laughs> because he is going to be the stallion that mounts the world. Amazing. All right.
1: Number seven, your best guess. your best guess on how this season ends. I'll let you, I'll let you take this one. I, I, I'm all over the place on this season. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, record-wise, I don't really know, and I, frankly, I don't really care because I don't think it matters. I don't think they're making the playoffs or anything. I, I, think, I think the best way to say how the season ends, Lonzo Ball's Rookie of the Year.
1: Yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. That was it for our Locked On Lakers, Locked On NBA Network season preview. As we said at the top of it, I am Anthony Irwin. That is Harrison Fagan. Thank you to those of you who tune in every day uh, on Audio Boom, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Today's Fast Break, Alexa, and Spotify, and on Lakers Nation, and on Lakers Outsiders. Those of you who are new to the show, we hope you tune in more often. <music>